James 3, Controlling the Tongue and Wisdom from Above. We are citizens of God's kingdom currently living in man's world. We are ambassadors to Babylon. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jason Small. Thank you for listening, and happy early part of 2023. I'm recording this on the 11th day of the new year. I hope this year is a huge year of growth in the Lord for you and those around you. That is my prayer for everybody that listens to this. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is something I was told as a kid, and I assume you were too. And it's most likely something adults have been telling kids for generations. Ironically, as you've gotten older, if you're like me, you realize this is pretty much false. Yes, if I ever get hit by a stick or people throw a lot of stones at me, I assume that would probably break my bones. But that has never happened to me or anybody else I know. What I do know is that I and others have been deeply wounded by the words of someone else. Words are extremely powerful. Studying this, the average person says between 10,000 and 3,000 words a day. With that many words coming out of our mouth a day, we had better take our tongue very seriously. Now, before we dig in more into James chapter 3, let's go ahead and give it a listen. Chapter 3, Controlling the Tongue. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. And sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. True wisdom comes from God. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But... If you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. James 3 is broken up into two fairly clean sections. The first section, verses 1 through 12, is all about our tongues. The second section, verses 13 through 18, is all about godly wisdom. In section 1, verses 
1 through 12. I'm going to go back to Proverbs 18:21. The ESV version states, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. The tongue has the power of death or the power of life. The first section of James focuses on this point. In verses 3, 4, and 5, James gives the example of a ship's rudder and a small bit in a horse's mouth. Relatively small items that can control much larger things. Just as, real quick, in your mind's eye, picture this. If you've ever been, have you ever been near a modern cruise ship? I have once been on one cruise and that ship was gigantic. It's huge. They travel all over the world, but yet they are steered by that small rudder on the back of them. What about a horse? I don't like horses. I have a story of a friend's horse when I was growing up. I was helping him do, I don't know, horse things with it. And it like reared up on me and terrified me. So I'm scared of horses. But how do you control a horse? That small bit in their mouth. Words are the same way for people. Words can change the course of our lives. The right words spoken at the right time to the right person can lead to salvation. The wrong word spoken to the wrong person at the wrong time can lead to death. Verses 5 and 6 compare our tongues to fire. Verse 6 says that our tongues are a flame of fire and can set your whole life on fire. Using the fire metaphor, fire can be extremely dangerous. I, I hope that's not earth-shattering stuff for anybody. We've seen the devastation caused by forest fires on TV. Thankfully, I've never lived through a forest fire. Hopefully, you haven't either. But if not, you've seen it what happens to them on TV. They kill wildlife. They destroy habitats. They ruin homes. We've also seen house fires destroy homes and unfortunately even kill people. A house that has relatively minor fire damage can actually be uninhabitable due to the smoke damage. The side effect of fire destroys. However, we all should be aware fire can also do good. Fire can keep us warm on a nice cold night. A bonfire in the fall is one of the absolute best ways for conversations, bonding, and good times with family and friends to happen. A pizza from a wood-burning stove is one of the best pizzas you can absolutely eat. So yes, fire destroys, but fire can also be very good. What is the difference between destructive fires and productive fires? What is the difference between burning the house down and cooking an amazing meal? What is the difference between an awesome bonfire with friends or a fire that burns down the surrounding forest? The difference is what is controlling the fire. A fire that doesn't destroy is simply a fire under control. Controlled speech is a sign of spiritual maturity. I'm thankful I've never been in a fire of any sort. I've talked with firefighters, though, and the way they describe how quickly a fire can move and eventually overwhelm a building is shocking, to be honest. A fire is going to fire. It has characteristics. It's going to heat and eventually burn the material it comes into contact with. Our tongues are the same way. Our tongue's default setting is to be destructive. The Bible is full of warnings to tame, guard, and be cautious with our tongues. As you grow in your walk with God... As you grow closer to Jesus, you should see signs that your tongue, your speech, the words you say, how you speak about others, changes. It becomes more gentle, more loving, less critical. It has in my life. I know my tongue can get me into trouble. I'm sure it's the same for you. So pray and really be aware of your tongue. On to section 2, verses 13 to 18. The caption of my Bible says, True wisdom comes from God. As I was reviewing this section, studying this section, by the time I was done, I have almost every single word highlighted and underlined in my Bible. A lot of wisdom from this section we can apply to our lives. I encourage you to study all of it and dig into it deeply. I want to focus on verse 17 in my new 
Transla- or New Living Translation Bible, it reads, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. I wanted to go ahead and uh, share what my ESV Bible says. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Anytime the Bible speaks of what godly wisdom looks like, how to gain godly wisdom, what is wise, anything like that, anything that can help me be more wise and more godly, I always take the extra time to study and meditate deeply on what I've read. Wisdom is incredibly valuable and important. There are entire books of the Bible dedicated to wisdom. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and I think you can even argue that the book of James is a book of wisdom. Let's look at Proverbs 8, verse 11. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. Okay, back to verse 17 in James. I'm going to go through each one of the characteristics James shares of wisdom from above. Here they are listed out. Pure, peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others, full of mercy, fruit of good deeds, shows no favoritism, always sincere. There are eight traits of godly wisdom. So I actually looked up the Greek for each one of these and I was going to dive deep into what the original text meant and all that stuff and honestly i'm not going to do that i don't think we need that to understand how important it is to these tra- these traits of wisdom so well, i'm going to skip that part but while i was studying this section of scripture i definitely had a light bulb moment i truly believe the holy spirit revealed something for me in my life i've loved reading about wisdom gaining it through the bible other books but here's what the realization i had here's the truth i felt the eight traits we just reviewed about godly wisdom are far more about who we are and what we are becoming versus what we do godly wisdom isn't things we showcase how smart we are our intellect our words we use it is more so about how we treat others and who we become a lot of times folks view wisdom and smart folks and wise folks by how they flaunt it their super smart intellect or real sharp quotes they view wisdom as something to obtain in reality godly wisdom true wisdom is someone we become how so how can we become all these things reading through that list i hope like i did i hope you have a desire to really demonstrate those things in your life so how do we become them how do we gain godly wisdom i would say first thing foremost prayer we're not going to become those traits without the power of the holy spirit in our lives and running our lives so i encourage you to pray every day for the spirit to be the main controlling force in your in your life and that he would help develop those traits within you spend daily time in your bible studying god's word if you want a relationship with somebody you a good relationship with somebody you have to spend time with them one of the ways we can spend time with god is through the study of our bible so get in your get in your word daily read the bible daily and three another way to obtain and become wise is find a bible preaching church and attend regularly and let me be clear and specific and by regularly i mean you go to church every week you put your butt in a seat or a pew and you sit through service you know there's exceptions of course there's an emergency whatever and also i don't mean by watching church online i mean getting up taking a shower brushing your teeth please for the rest of us and going 
to church. All right, our actions for this week. Control our tongues. Be very conscious about what you are saying. Avoid gossip, harshness, and any other type of speech that could be spreading destructive fire. One way we all need to be very cognizant of gossip that is veiled as prayerful people is when you're at your small group, your women's group, your men's group, and say, hey, we need to pray for so-and-so. Make sure they have given you the liberty to share that so-and-so with others. Otherwise, you're just gossiping and veiling it as prayer for them. Just be aware of that. How do you talk to your kids? I struggle with this. It's amazing. I love my kids, but sometimes I'm the harshest and most quick-tempered uh, with them. Be soft with your kids. Be gentle with your kids this week. Look for ways to use your speech as lo- uplifting, encouraging, and warm. That's a challenge for me, guys. So a lot of these things, when I share them with you, it's not really for you guys. It's for me. And it's just I'm sharing what I'm working on with you guys. And hopefully it's helpful for somebody else. So this week, let's focus on our speech. Uplifting, encouraging, and warm. Use words. Be somebody that people are drawn to. Not somebody that people are repelled away from. Next time, next week, we'll be reviewing James 4, Drawing Close to God. Go ahead and read that after you study James 3 this week. Go ahead and uh, do a quick review of James 4. All right, my social media on Twitter and Bass. Uh, my Twitter is, I'm sorry, AMBS underscore to Babylon. AMBS to Babylon. My Facebook is Ambassadors to Babylon. Again, Ambassadors to Babylon. And my email is Ambassadors to Babylon at gmail.com. I'm going to try to grow a community this year more, share more thoughts, more nuggets of wisdom with everybody, more encouraging word. I would love for you to join me on there. And this week, and now, go be doers of the word. Mm-hmm.